to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the Reaction Show. Uh, 49ers absolutely dismantled the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was an exciting game to watch because, really, there was no worry ever that the 49ers were not going to get this victory. And everyone that kept saying, but guys, they've played other teams so tough. Very tough. Um, I mean, they, tough. they didn't play the 49ers tough. They did not. They did the opposite of play the 49ers yeah. tough. And, uh, you know, I mean, what, what can you say? Um, Ant? Team is 500. Um, this team is doing exactly the things that we thought this team could do. This team is being everything that we thought this team could be. It's true. Um, this isn't a so shock to us. This isn't a surprise to us. This doesn't uh, in any way, shape, or form make us feel like, uh, you know, oh my gosh, who is this team? Where have they been all season? This team has been here. This team, this is exactly the team that we knew this team was. Uh, they're just finally realizing it, they're recognizing that potential, and they're executing. living up to ex expectations and executing. That's the big thing. It's the thing that we've been talking about this entire time with this team is execution, and the execution is there, and both of our score predictions were actually ridiculously close. Yeah, they were. Um, I think we were both, what, seven off? You were seven one way, and I was seven the other way. True. I had uh, th I 34-17, and I don't remember what your top-end score was, but I know you had um, them scoring three, which was ridiculously... 34-3 was what I had. Okay, so ridiculously close. Um, yeah, it, it worked out good. And Brad Jones does not want to count the last touchdown. He says that was basically garbage. Yeah, it, the 49ers dominated. I don't think anyone's worried about that last touchdown that they got going in that game. No. Um, we knew the key was going to be getting out there and stopping this Jacksonville running game, and they did. They stymied it early. The one thing that Jacksonville had going for him was you could see Trevor's elite, you know, talent, his, his ability, and the fact that they were able to use LaVisca Chenault. But Marvin Jones was completely locked down. Uh, Marvin Jones didn't do anything until they brought in the two rookies, Ombre Thomas and Deion Lenore, and then played them way off. Uh, this was all about using, you know, using the time, using the clock, and then getting the victory. You knew you were going to win at 30-3, and you just wanted to do that. You got these guys a little bit of game experience, but... It was a great performance by the 49ers uh, from top to bottom. It truly was, and Caleb Urban Meyer can grind this L. He can grind a big fat L on this. Uh -huh. uh, the Niners completely stifled and stymied this run game. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars did a lot of creative things with trying to stop the run, and their guys up front, I got to give them credit. And They got bullied by the, the Colts last week. They came up and ready to play in a, in a huge way. Uh, they, they really did. They did a pretty good job of moving some things and making it Tough early to get some lanes, but it doesn't matter because Jeff Wilson still runs the ball hard. They were able to get them washed downfield when they started getting aggressive, and they were able to gash them little by little. But you can tell the difference in the run game when Elijah Mitchell is in right now with anyone else is going in. Also, the minute Jeff Wilson has to go out of the football game and Trey Sermon has to go into the game, a lot of people have been talking about, hey, you know, he needs his reps, he needs his opportunities, he needs his reps, he needs his opportunities. Um, you should have seen it today. There were some moments where he did some nice things. Um, there was... A good chunk of bad mixed in with it. Yeah, Debo Samuel was the best running back on the field today. Absolutely. Um, Debo Samuel was the one that was making this offense go. They ran one play-action pass with Debo in the backfield. The rest of the time, it was run, so you knew what you were going to get, and he still was able um, to do the things that he needs to do. His vision, they ran the same play twice at one point. One time he broke up the middle, made the cut up the middle, and got a nice positive yards. It got a first down. The next time he broke to the outside and got even more yardage around the side, you know, got him inside the five-yard line. It was, a, it was a once again, a good performance from Debo Samuel. It wasn't so much in the receiving game today as it was in the running game, uh, but it's pick your poison. If you take away one, you're going to get the other. And sure. Brandon Ayuk stepped up and had a big game today. Brandon Ayuk continues his trend of having successful games. I don't know what his ended up numbers being. I know Alex, seven was... catches for I believe 68 yards and a t oh excuse me 86 yards and a touchdown. Okay, so it's a really good day. Really close to the hundred yards that you had kind of predicted. Mm -hmm. um, but this upward trajectory continues, and this 49ers uh, receiving group is getting it done. And George Kittle once again another touchdown. That's three straight games with a touchdown. Used to be an issue, red zone problems. Now the 49ers are the best team in the NFL in the red zone. Yeah, and I, you know, I think you and I both, I, I don't know, I didn't talk to you about this. Early in the game, how did you like that call from Shanahan to take the three points? We heard a little bit of his presser after the game when he was talking about it and how after all of the work they did, the wrong decision he thought in his mind 
was to to test it there and potentially walk away with nothing. Make sure that you get the three. You just ate up basically the entire first quarter of the game. Reward your team for doing that. Let your defense go out there and play with the lead rather than have them come out knowing the score zeros. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I love it. In the moment, I hated it. Agreed. Absolutely hated it. Agreed. Um, I felt that, and if you saw the way the Jacksonville Jaguars reacted <clears> to the sideline, they reacted like it was a win. I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo could have quarterback sneaked and got the first down. You've seen it later in the game where he quarterback sneaked and picked up two and a half yards. Uh, so I'm always a guy that likes to gamble in those situations, though. And putting Trevor on the one-yard line or the two-yard line seems like a good situation for your your defense as well. Agreed. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, he decided the field goal was the best way to go. I don't know if he thinks that's always going to be the best idea, but it worked out for them today. And, I mean, I, I can't criticize him too much because it worked. If it wouldn't have worked, you know, it would have been easy to criticize them, but I would have went for it, but I'm not Kyle Shanahan. Also true. Um, I, you know, the, the people in Discord can attest as well. Um, you know, I, I said, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think you, you have, it's fourth and one. You have the chance to get the first down, and you also have a chance to score in the same play. You know, there's a lot of things that Jacksonville has to try and account for in those situations. I would have preferred the aggressiveness there, but I also understand the thought process, right? Like, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with the outcome because we now all know how the game turns out and what happens and so it ends up being the right decision uh but at the at the time in the moment yeah three points is nice making sure you walk away with something from that drive is nice but in my mind you've already walked away with something which is con control um you just told jacksonville that if you want to go down the field 19 20 plays and eat up an entire quarter that you can and you absolutely will do those things yeah and that they have to play perfect in order to prevent that from happening um that defense was broken at that point, at that moment. Taking the field goal gives them a pass. It doesn't force them to make a play. I would have preferred that you go make them make a play. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Niners yeah, end up 100%. rolling the control the whole way. And so you take the three. It is what it is. The defense makes a big stop, gets a fumble right after that. You go down the field and score. It, it's all good. Well, it was actually a three and out. They uh, sure, three, three and out on that one. It was after the touchdown drive. They, they, they the score fumble. a touchdown, and then they create the fumble. <clears throat> LaVisca Chanel gets punched out from behind. And, and by Josh Norman yeah, of all people. Yeah, and Fred Warner ends up with it, right? He said he needs to make plays, he needs to get, create turnovers. Josh Norman punches it out, he gets it. And then the 49ers don't just get a field goal out of that drive, but they turn it into a touchdown. All of a sudden you look up and it's 17 to 0 and Jacksonville's ran four plays. And when you've ran four plays and you're down 17 to 0, um that's not a good situation to be in. No. All the plans about running the football, establishing the run game, getting the 49ers defense on their heels, uh is pretty much gone and now you're looking at a situation where you're trying to make up points. And even then, they were reluctant to take any shots down the field against the 49ers. They really didn't have the opportunity. And you saw when we got late in the game that this defense was nice and fresh and able to get after the quarterback continuously, and they were able to, to you know, cause sacks and, and make big plays. So it, hey, was, it was fun. Marketing pro's back. Hey, marketing pro, we missed you last week we when did. your team got handled. We, we actually missed that. And, yes, the, the Panthers did lose, so that's, that's wonderful news. Um, you know, unfortunately, Green Bay scores a little too quickly. A pick gets overturned, and the Vikings get a win. But the 49ers have Minnesota next week. You're both sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Both teams in control of their own destiny. Both teams playing good football for the most part. Uh, Minnesota's still been a little up and down with the defensive play. Um, we'll see. Next week is, I mean, every week is big for San Francisco at this point. But next week now becomes even bigger. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, you got to beat Minnesota if you want to make the playoffs. That's fine. Beat them. I don't, I don't see any reason why the 49ers can't beat them. Go, go no. in there and take care of business. It's Not at enough. home against Minnesota. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to be, you know, very, he knows exactly what to get from Kirk Cousins. The key is going to be stopping the run again. Dalvin Cook. I mean, yeah. that's a little quick, you know, look ahead. But Dalvin Cook's pretty good. So and he's pretty, uh, uh, he's pretty talented. But I think the 49ers can go in there and you know and get a win. So it, it's going to be a nice matchup for the Niners and uh, just continue to win. Keep it going. Very true. Um, let's see. Brad said he said um, Kyle said the bad spot of the ball made him double think in the decision go for the field goal. Okay. And then he also said it's a straight F for Jimmy G from Cone's point of view because of that missed throw to Jeff Wilson Jr. in the first drive. LOL. I wanted to ask you about that because watching it live, I wasn't sure if Jimmy is leading him in space or if Jeff Wilson stops. Both are correct. Okay, there you go. Um, I believe Jeff Wilson hesitates a little bit because of how wide open he is. He thinks he, Jimmy's just going to dump him the ball, and Jimmy's trying. He's got guys in front of him in that spot. He's trying to throw out in the throw window. Throw to a window, yeah. And Jimmy leads him a little bit, uh, a little bit too much. I think he threw the ball a little too firm. I think he could have taken a little bit off and floated it to him, and it would have been a touchdown because of how wide open he was. Um, but I do think Jeff Wilson hesitated just a tad and it threw off the timing. But I think both of them could would have made a better play in their mind. You know, I think Jeff Wilson Jr. would have continued to run into the clear and Jimmy Garoppolo should have put a little bit more touch on it and just kind of floated it to him. There's no reason to throw it so firm in that situation. Um, so in this case, two wrongs make a wrong. 
and 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 that's unfortunate. But uh, they you know they walked away with a field goal. But yeah, it should have been a <clears> touchdown. <throat> but to put it all on Jimmy is is kind of rough. Um, I mean, that does that surprise you at all though? In any way, shape, or form? I mean, that's that's kind of this thing. That's well, what he that's what he does. Well, Grant Cohn's got to find some negative, right? It, it was... There's something. There's got to be something to complain about because your defense stifled uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars all day long. Yeah. You force. Uh, uh, you get a couple turnovers. Uh, Trent Sherfield making his mark on special teams rather than, you know, in the offense where some people thought he yeah. was going to be making his biggest impact this year. Uh, Brandon Ayuk emerging, emerging still continually. George Kittle doing his thing. Uh, Jalen Moore, again, uh, solid day. I, I found it interesting. Again, Jalen Moore kind of flipped flipped in and out with Tom Compton, it seemed like at times. Um, you know, they, they put Tom Compton in later in that second half of that game and let Compton get some run, and then Jalen Moore comes in and finishes it out the last couple of drives. You think this is like strategic in terms of how they're utilizing him in certain situations, or is this just a thing where because he's dealing with the knee stuff, if they feel they need to get him off and get him a rest based on what's going on, they're talking to him on the sideline, they're putting Compton in for some time to let him loosen that thing up and not putting him in a situation where he could get hurt. No, I think they're trying to figure out who's the actual starting right tackle. I like it. And I think they rolled mm-hmm. with Jalen Moore and they got some good film on him, and then they rolled with Tom Compton and they got some good film on him. And they're going to see how both of them played, you know, against the same opponent, you know, in similar situations, who was able to make those plays. Because it's not just about the pass game, it's about the run fits as well. And uh, so you want to you get it to where you have somebody, because early in the game, there was a situation where a blitz came off the edge, and we had a little bit of a, a problem there, where it looked like Jalen Moore should have passed off to Daniel Brunskill and picked up the linebacker coming, you know, coming late. He did not, and the linebacker got there. And you could tell by Jimmy's reaction Jimmy believed they had the numbers to be able to pick him up. Correct. So he didn't think there was going to be a free release. He didn't think he had to go to the hot route, hit the red alert really quick. Um, so I think they're still looking. I think they're still evaluating. I think they want Jalen Moore to take this spot. Everything about it screams that they want it to happen. But if he's not going to play better than Tom Compton, then Tom Compton is going to get the spot. Um, so I, I do think that's what it's about. I agree with you on that. Um, I really do. Um, and, and look, a lot of people in here, uh, you know, the, the the talking about the the Packers game just now, and and Kirk Cousins, and you know, we made some mistakes, like, and they really just kind of escaped with the win. That's kind of what Minnesota's been doing all year. A lot of their games have been tight games where they either blow it late with mistakes, right. or escape with a win and and do a couple of things. So if you're the 49ers, um, you know, you can learn from a lot of those games throughout this week. Um, you know, all the film that you you have on the the Minnesota Vikings, you can utilize to your advantage. One thing that is 100% certain right now is that Kirk Cousins with guys in his face and with pressure coming tends to not make great decisions. The only difference is, is that he does have a very talented plethora of wideouts around him out there in space. Um, he does have Adam Thielen who can make some incredible catches and you have Justin Jefferson who can make some incredible catches. So if you're in the 49ers, it's all about taking away that first read, getting pressure in Kirk Cousins' face, make him throw more 50-50 balls than to wide open receivers. And if you do that, you can walk away with some turnovers or at least walk away with stops. Yeah, he, his his skill set and what he does is going to be predicated on the run. It's not going to be that much different than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and, but he will force things. He will make mistakes. He's a little bit. Of, he's got a gunslinger mentality without the gunslinger arm. Uh, he's one of those guys that was eventually going to get caught up because um, he thought he was Billy the Kid and he wasn't. You know, and that and that's really what it comes sure. down to with that guy. Um, I think he's a, you know a, a talented player, and I think that you know if you give him opportunities, he can take advantage of him. He can beat you. Um, but in the same regard, the foreigners can get after him. There's no mobility to worry about. So these guys can pin their ears back and go. Um, but stopping Dalvin Cook is the key. Don't let you know this offense get established with a run game so he can run play action. That's where he can run the boots and stuff to the outside, and then he'd take advantage of you. Um, without that, and he's more of a drop-back passer, that puts you in good situations to win consistently. Accurate. That's what you're trying to force. So Accurate. hopefully they can do that. But Marketing um, pro, the 49ers look like a team that's getting healthy on the offense and de- offensive and defensive side of the football. Absolutely. Frank here with a, with an incredible one. And never thought I would be saying it. Go Seahawks. Wait, I feel a little bit of bile rising up. Yeah, 100%. That is, it's tough to root for the Seahawks in any situation. Yes, but please go Seahawks. Go. Go, go Seahawks. Go. Uh, how much respect did Jennings earn for not overreacting to that punch? Um, and Kyle seemed so happy. He was. He gave him a little little hip jump. He did. Oh, dude, it was glorious. Yeah, I think that was big. I mean, that's a young player, you know, that plays physically, uh, but didn't let his emotions get the best of him. In that situation, when he got emotional is when he realized that they threw the flag and they <laughs> were going to get the first down. He was excited about that. I like it. I mean, overall, that that's, that shows a lot of poise. He gets. You got to think that play call later in the game where he's in at fullback, running that little action and getting him out there in space. Those are the types of things that when you're making plays like that on the outside, is he, he's being physical on the block. 
and getting a guy riled up and agitated that Kyle's sitting there going, how can I find a way to get this guy an opportunity to make a play potentially and puts him out there in that situation and he executes well and almost almost breaks the tackle. Yeah, I mean, he he played pretty well in this game and he played a lot, a lot of snaps. He did. Uh, he's good in the blocking department. The one thing I'll say is I still miss Muhammad Sanu in the receiving department. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, we're, we're missing that third receiver right now. Jawan Jennings is a, you know, a serviceable blocker, uh, but in the past game, there's a little bit of a struggle there and a little bit of a fall off. So I'm hoping that we can you know, figure out that third wide receiver position. I, I'm guessing they're just waiting for Muhammad Sanu to come back. I would agree with you on that. And um, Alex Faulkner says, I'm worried about our defense versus the Vikings. We aren't getting after the passer too well. I think it's just scheme. I think it, some of it was how they were establishing the scheme and how they were running it. They, they weren't real. They didn't blitz at all against Trevor Lawrence almost. No, I think a lot of it was circumstance of the game. But I think if you look at the sacks overall, I think they had like three or four in this football game. And there were, I, I felt like there was, I thought that there were pressures. I thought Alex, this is where I'll disagree with you. I thought the Niners created pressure on downs where they needed to create pressure. Third down, second and longs, things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I, I saw consistently Bosa winning. I saw consistently Eric Armstead taking on double teams and Again, then singling yeah. up Bosa. I mean, team, teams have now made it very clear what they want to do, which is Eric Armstead is a problem on the interior singled up and teams are not willing to let him get through and, and create pressure from the from the inside. So they're just sticking two over there now and essentially singling everyone else up across the board. Yeah, and we saw Ebucom get some hurries today. We saw uh, Arden Key do what he does. Again. Again, where he had the one where he almost pulled him down. I think Bosa ends up finishing it off. Yep. I think that when you if you look at the complete total number of snaps that Jacksonville had compared to the, the sacks or pressures, I think it's going to be a pretty high number. Uh, better than anticipated, you know, going into this game. I, I think it is one of those things where it appears they're not getting pressure, but they really are. True. Uh, Brad Jones, did Debo get 100 yards rushing? I think he ends up being, I think it ends up being 94. Okay. I think it's 94 yards rushing and what, like 15 yards receiving or something like that? Yeah. I think it's 15 yards receiving. So he's now yeah. six yards short of 1,000 yards receiving on the season. But Debo Samuel is... I mean, if you watch this game, if you're in the NFL and you're watching this football game and not looking at Debo Samuel and being like, this is one of the most dynamic. I, you and I looked at what MVP rankings people had and where Debo yeah. sat and the guys in front of him. He deserves to be in that conversation. I think he's in the conversation, but I think people were right that were in our chat before that said he should be offensive player of the year. 100%. Um, that is the conversation he really needs to be in because the dynamics of what he can do on, you know, in two different positions, actually multiple positions to really help the team. I mean, today he was tasked with going in there and making sure that he could establish the run with Elijah Mitchell out. And he did. Um, and then when he was asked to catch the ball, he did. And I mean, the one pass that we had missed was a little bit high and Jimmy, you know, put it there, but Debo wasn't able to come down with it along the sideline. That was going to be a tough catch. Um, but those situations, I mean, besides that, I mean, Debo did whatever was asked of him. And that's what I like about the football team. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do what, what role this, this team wants me to run on whatever they ask me to do to win. And that's what this team is about right now. Agree. Uh, Debo for MVP. I like that. I, I I did I did enjoy it. Jay Hill, um, fire John, fire Kyle. I know. It seemed like it was only yesterday people were shouting for their heads, and now all of a sudden the conversations have died down. Yeah, it's almost like those same people are like you know the Homer Simpson. This is the greatest. They're they're now reemerging from the yeah. city. They went in with like a 49ers T-shirt into the bushes, and now they've reemerged with the 49ers chain and like all the new gear, right? Yeah. And six more years of Kyle signs, right? They're they're all excited. I mean that that's part of the problem of of you know kind of judging everything a little bit too soon is eventually it can come back. I mean, that's the thing. The season, it's a long season. And that's for every team. Look at... Jelly just asked, what the F happened to the Bills early in the year? I mean, they have a, The Bills have a glaring weakness, and they've had a glaring weakness since last year, O-line. O-line is not solid for them. Matter of fact, last season, through the first eight games, they had like seven or eight different starting lineups with their O-line while they rotated the pieces to try and figure out what worked best. This year, they don't have the depth. A lot of those pieces, those depth guys last year they had to rotate around, went and signed contracts with other teams. So now you have an O-line problem. You haven't fully addressed the O-line problem. You haven't found the solution, but you don't have the pieces to reconfigure the O-line to figure out what works best. And so now you're just rolling with what you have. They have no real running game, no way to establish it, which means if you're able to put pressure on Josh Allen, take him out of his first couple of reads, make him run around a bunch and throw off the run, eventually he's going to start making mistakes. And guess what? He's making mistakes. Yeah, and it's about matchups as well. I mean, that's the thing. When you, you can play, look at the Houston Texans. I mean, it, it's all about matchups. It's all about how you play a certain team. Jacksonville beat the Bills. Um, So it, this is the NFL. I mean, these things happen. Any of these teams can beat anyone in any single game. 
And it, it's a lot of it goes into that. And you just you kind of just wait and see what's going to happen. But that's why it's a long season. You got to wait for it to play out. It's not about who's playing the best at the beginning of the season. It's about who's playing the best at the end of the season. Correct. And the mm-hmm. Fortnite seem to be finding their way and getting it together. And they've won three or four now. So if you once you win three or four, that's a pretty good run. So they're they're on their way. The second half of the season is looking promising, and they could really take it to another level with a nice big win over Minnesota on Sunday. Very true. Uh, Jay Hill, are you being sarcastic with the love for Kyle? Is that is that what the dot dot dots are there for? And if so, uh, what is actually being said in the press? No, I'm Facebook? guessing it's true. If I'm... it's if it's true, it's absolutely hysterical. Oh, 100%. They flipped <clears throat> the script. You know that. Yeah. Um. I mean, they it, last week before Monday's game, they had a less at the end of Faith, and they they've completely crossed that off and wrote above it full. Um, because they're full now, they love Kyle Shanahan. They're going to be full on Thanksgiving of the joy and Thanksgiving that is Kyle Shanahan. So, um, that's good news. That's absolutely great news. Uh, BV, how do you guys think Trevor did today? Uh, fine. I thought he did actually pretty well. I don't think he did anything what's terrible. Being considered, yeah, uh, for who he has on the team and you know what he's doing, I thought he looked fine. A couple of the moves he made in the pocket, Alex's awareness, the one he made Nick Bosa, you know, miss, miss on. Um, that that's still he's still got elite traits. He's still going to be one of the better quarterbacks in this league. But Urban Meyer has to f- figure out how to build an offense around him. Um, Lavisca Schnell mm-hmm. was in the backfield one time for a nine yard gain. I know there was a hold, but figure out how to use Lavisca Schnell. Now that they had a huge injury with Agnew, their offense is probably going to take even more of a hit. Yep. Um, they're going to have to get Lavisca Schnell more involved. And I'm hoping they watch this and said, "Hey, look at look at Debo over there. Let's do that, Lavisca." I told you at the end of the game, Urban Meyer's going to go up to Kyle and say, "Hey, young man, let me pick your brain real quick here on what you're doing." It's on film. Yeah, Alex, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. Urban Meyer, stop scoping out blondes and start scoping out game plans. He needs to stop grinding at the bars and start grinding in the film room. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's what needs to start happening. Take the drink out of your hand and put in a Surface Pro. Let's go. (laughs) The difference between coaches. Think about this. Urban Meyer is out at bars and stuff having a good time. Al Shanahan has autopilot on his car so he can work on plays while he's driving. No. These two are not the same. (laughs) One of these things is not like the other. All right, Alex Faulkner asked a little bit earlier. He said, I I hear what you guys are saying about the Vikings, but they are so much better than the Jags. I get that. Yeah, 100% they are. The Jags also had enough talent to take it to the Bills. It's never never truly about what a team is or what they have. It's all about scheme matchup and, and how you guys face. Right. Kyle Shanahan and this defense and this team has already played a Mike Zimmer esque team before in the playoffs. And they had a really good game plan going into that and took away a lot of strengths. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people would say that Stefan Diggs is a worse receiver than Justin Jefferson. They're very comparable. Oh, I, Diggs is better. In my I, w- I would say so as well. At, point, at this point in his career, doesn't mean Jefferson can't develop even correct. better. But correct. But this is a for, this is a 49ers team that's already played this Minnesota Vikings team before with a lot of these same pieces, right. with the Dalvin Cooks, with the Adam Thielens, with they had a Stephon Diggs instead of a Justin Jefferson. So it's not like the 49ers aren't familiar with what this team is, what this team likes to do. The big difference is that Stefanski was the O coordinator at the time, and now it's someone else. It's a different name at the helm. Mike Zimmer was still the guy controlling the defense there in Minnesota. So 49ers fans who are like a little bit on edge with, oh, I don't know, this game is... The 40 recent history tells you that the 49ers know how to prepare for these types of teams. And the last two weeks should tell you, tell you that the, the, the coaching staff, the players, we've figured out scheme, concept, and execution. So you should feel really good going into this game. It's not going to be an easy game by no means whatsoever. But, I, you know, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying, sitting here saying, Alex, that you're saying the Niners aren't going to win. But I have already seen the comments start flowing in, and Big Yikes is going to be a lot of fun this week, that you, you've beat, you beat a weak a weakened Rams team that weekend. wasn't healthy. Okay. Now you beat a terrible Jags team. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's red hot. We're going to find out how bad we truly are next Sunday. And it's like, holy wait, cow. Wait, Minnesota's red hot? Uh, red hot. I, I think we have a different opinion on what red hot is. Um, mm, me but too. Me too. Uh, yeah, our, the 49ers fire is turning blue right now. So I, I don't know what the what's going on. But as far as Minnesota, I, I need to watch more film. I'm not going to go out there and say the 49ers are going to gash them or the 49ers are going to do this, the 49ers are going to do that. All I'm saying is this is a game that the 49ers are in position to win. Absolutely. Um, If they execute, they're in position to win any game they play against because the same team that Minnesota just beat, the Green Bay Packers, the 49ers were in position to beat the Green Bay Packers. So the 49ers can play at that level. This has been my argument before is the 49ers, and there's a lot of teams that are kind of mucked up in that mediocre range, if they put it together, have that potential to beat those higher-up teams. True. They haven't been able to put it together. Now they're starting to. If Minnesota's putting it together, it's going to be one heck of a battle, one heck of a game. The question is, can Minnesota's defense stop this 49ers offense? 
they'll have a lot more success if Elijah Mitchell isn't playing. If Elijah Mitchell is playing and you have that, that dyna dynamics of him getting outside and being able to run the sweep and put the pressure on with the toss, he has better vision than Jeff Wilson does on the outside, um, then it'll be a little bit harder for Minnesota. If he's not playing, then they have one less weapon they have to prepare for. So do I think it's going to be easy to beat Minnesota? Absolutely not. I think it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Um, but I want to watch the film and really break it down before I, I get you know too far into a prediction or anything like that. Agreed with you on yeah. that. That's that's definitely something we, we want to see um, out of this team. And we've we've already done some film breakdowns already over on Patreon that have Minnesota in. Now, granted, we weren't watching the Minnesota Vikings per se. We're watching, you know, Seattle, I think, is the one that we, we saw with Minnesota in it. Right. Um, so if you want an idea of what Minnesota does already, there's already game film of on Patreon. So if you're a Patreon member, um, you, in theory... You, you, in theory, get two versions of all 22 films this week of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You can go back and watch that Minnesota Vikings-Seattle one and get a good idea of what the Vikings do offensively, especially what they did early in the season. And then you're going to be able to compare it later this week to the all 22 film breakdown we do of this Packers-Vikings game um, and some of the positive and negative drives for the Minnesota Vikings, both offensively and defensively. Um, but Minnesota has an identity, and that's a team that comes out very strong. They usually start football games off extremely strong and then wane off as the game progresses and either find something late or give it up late. If you're the 49ers coming out and starting big, a huge drive, keeping them off the field, or getting a big stop early in that football game, punching Minnesota in the mouth and establishing the physicality, all of those things are going to allow the 49ers to seize control of that game and really shake them of their identity because they're an identity of a team who comes out very strong and has been recently trying to figure out how to sustain that for four quarters. I'll tell you what's crazy is two straight games the 49ers have went in all the way through Kyle Shanahan's initial script. The 15-play script has been used in two straight games, an 18-play drive and then a 20-play drive. If, if he's going to continue to do this to teams and they're going to continue to eat up these first quarters and not allow teams to have multiple possessions, I mean, at one point, what, Jacksonville in the fourth quarter had six possessions? That is not a recipe for winning because when you make a mistake like Avishka Chenault did and turn the ball over, you don't have opportunities again. The 49ers are capitalizing. What they've done now is they've been one of the best in the entire league in the red zone the entire season at scoring touchdowns and now what they've done is put together a game plan where once they get there they're almost impossible to stop i mean they're literally a jimmy garoppolo jeff wilson jr hookup away from being perfect in the red zone again mm -hmm. this is just how these guys handle business um so i like the game plan i like how kyle shannon's executing and once again it was heavy on run and you saw it the run game wasn't as dynamic when they didn't have elijah mitchell except for when debo samuel was in there and debo samuel was doing that and i seen that T.O. said, you know, that there's this... Bikes have to game plan for game Debo for as a runner and as a receiver. And, and that is a real problem it's, because you don't know where he is. So you can't double him all the time. Well, here's, and here's the other thing, right? You can't double him all the time. And if, you are, if you're the Niners and you're going to stick him in the backfield, right? Minnesota, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring everyone up to yep. the line of scrimmage and now the Niners have to play action off that or just yep. take straight take and go? And if you do that... You are, you're singling up Brandon Ayuk, who has found himself. You're singling up George Kittle, who's now found himself. 100%. Um, you know, and you got to think Kyle Yushek is going to be utilized. And Jeff Wilson has shown he's, a, he's an incredible route runner. This is the frustrating part about not having Muhammad Sanu or not having a third receiver. True. In these situations where you could put Debo in the backfield. Um, and really, Elijah Mitchell is a better receiving option than the other guys that we have in the, on the team. Agreed. So this is when he would be dynamic in this offense. So, I mean, yeah, but we need his finger to get well. So hopefully he can play against Minnesota. Uh, agreed with you there. And Jag with the $10 super chat. We appreciate up, Jag? that, Jag. Uh, hey, Cutback Crew, it's amazing what happens when you win the turnover battle, play great defense, run the ball, and great quarterback play. 100% agreed. Execution. It's, it's almost like execution matters, Ant. 100% it does. And this is the game plan. This is the formula that they found. I mean, one of my key matchups was literally the 49ers versus the blueprint. Um, they established a blueprint against the Rams. Guess what they did today? Uh, the blueprint? Hit the blueprint. And this, this is going to be a continual theme. Now, it's going to change up week to week a little bit, depending on how the defenses come in with personnel groupings and try to stop them. Accurate. I mean, they're going to load boxes and all that, but you have moving pieces, right? Brian Ayuk, Debo Samuel, you can move them around. George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk. The way that you're able to use these guys and move them around into different formation sets, and I like the way he's been putting running backs at the wing. Um, that has been good. Jeff Wilson Jr. executes those blocks well. Kyle Juszczyk executes those blocks well. Trey Sermon tries really hard. Um, I'll say that. Because he's not executing those blocks. No, he's not. Um, but I did love... He tries really well, hey, hard. In what world... I mean, think about this, how, how dynamic Debo Samuel is. In what world do you motion a running back out of the backfield and then give it to a wide receiver going back the other way and he's the better running back option on the play? 
I mean, and, and that's not saying that's not nothing is Trey Sermon. That's a Jeff Wilson issue too. You're motioning Jeff Wilson to give the ball to Debo Samuel. He's that dynamic. His vision is that good. It is. Um, Debo Samuel is fantastic, and the way that they're able to use him is is impressive. And that's what they need to get more players like that. I believe. I think they need one more guy. I think they wanted it to be Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurd didn't work out. That somebody like they're missing. Bishnall they're missing one. Like, yeah, I would actually one. really enjoy it to be someone with a little bit more speed than Debo Samuel, right? So this is like the, a Terry McLaurin type. This is and this is the question I now have because I've been watching a little bit of college. I don't know if I found. I don't know if I've seen or found that guy yet. I think there's like some options. They, they don't exist. It's hard. It's it's yeah. really it's really hard. So if if that guy can't be drafted, and is there a trade piece or a trade target or a, a guy that you try and go sign in free agency coming out? Because I I don't know. Uh, Raheem Mostert. I, I, th- I think I think today was a little bit evident. I don't know how everyone else was feeling, but when I watched the game, it was the because I was kind of starting to lean that. Hey, if we have Elijah Mitchell look and at, Jeff Wilson Jr., look at Brad Jones over here asking the question. <laughs> Can you see them moving on from Sermon next year if they bring back Mostert? Yeah, um, because I think that I think they'll keep Sermon. I think um, they might it's, try. To, it's a it is a big thing. Yeah, it's not a it's not guaranteed. No, it's not a guarantee. But I think you see that they they need two speed guys in case someone gets hurt. Because one, having one of those speed guys unlocks this offense. And even though I love Jeff Wilson Jr., you could tell the speed difference between him and Elijah. Um, just where he gets the ball outside the back, you know, outside the tackle, the way he's able to, the vision able to cut up. There was one time Jeff Wilson Jr. had to leap over someone where Elijah Mitchell would have cut up and went out. It's true. Um, so I, I think we're a little bit more dynamic with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, so, yeah, I can see them bringing back Raheem Mostert now. I mean, Mostert just made sense in terms of... The problem is the injuries. It's that's that's it. And but, that's and that's where money comes into this and factors into that equation. If if it's not if he if he's not going to command the salary he was making the last few seasons, he can't. He can't. I mean, if, if he's not going to commit the command that if he's going to command closer to that two million dollar range with incentives built in to to get him over and pay him if he's executing, you think three mil? Three million with incentives. Okay. Because you can incentivize him enough to get over five million dollars. He's making four and a half right now. It's true. So I, I think you can come in with that. I I I mean I I agree. I still think three is a little high just because of the amount of injuries. But I get what you're saying. That's meeting in the middle. Hey JLA Trey Sermon to the Jags for Lavisca Chenault. That that. Hey Urban Meyer. That if, if that's possible JLA. If Trent Bulky does this, him and Urban Meyer, they will be my new favorite people. <laughs> One do it right now, Kyle Shanahan. Do it right now. Well, they can't. They can't trade right now. No, I mean, but I mean, start laying the seeds right now for this to happen. Everyone, well, everyone in this room would be one hundred percent. Bro, my decision. shirt will be off in a heartbeat if <laughs> yeah. we get Levitz Kishinalt in this offense. Trey Sermon frustrates me a little bit. It's he frustrating. Has, um, I, that's I an understatement. He had the one nice ten-yard run. That was nice. He had the catch over the top. Uh, and and uh, I was watching the game with my dad, and he looks at me and he goes, "How did he get so wide open?" I was like, "They didn't think they were gonna throw." Nobody it to me thought he was throwing. <laughs> Nobody thought it's they like were throwing. It's like Nestle's Don't throw it to Stone. No, don't throw it to Stone. He comes the huddle. He's like, he's like, they're not covering. They know you're not gonna like, throw it to me. I'm wide, wide open. open. <laughs> it's true. It's it's it was a, it was a great catch. Hey, over the shoulder catch. So let's let's also talk about those moments. Uh, but the vision so far, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, there were a couple of handoffs, man, where he, I don't know what he was looking at. I mean, he had opportunities to get around the edge, try and get to the outside and get a couple of yards, a couple of times where he could have cut right up, put his foot yeah. on the ground and go. Um, and he's kind of shuffling around. Well, there's one time he should have went straight outside. And, and he, he tr- tries to cut back in. I don't know he, what he like happened. He ran right into someone. I was like, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And, and then there was a, there was a run, a run around the edge. I think it was, I think it's with Debo where Debo's coming around on the edge and Sermon just whiffs. Oh, I, that's the one where they're trying to double. Um, yeah, he he he's supposed he to hit him. No, he did what he was supposed to do, but he should have pushed up to second level. His problem is he turned around and started trying to block him. I don't know. I, I think sometimes he doesn't ultimately understand every time what he's supposed to do. I think he's still learning. Brad, I disagree with you there. Balky never going to trade to the Niners. If if Urban Meyer and Trent Balky absolutely love Trey Sermon um, and think that he's a piece that could help them if, with their run game, you know, opposite of James Robinson or opposite of Travis Etienne, then they would make that move. And you got to remember. Yes, Sermon wasn't at Ohio State when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State. Day is Urban's boy. Uh, the head coach of Ohio State now is his guy. So if you don't think that there were conversations, Day's like, hey, I got, I'm getting this transfer kid in coming in from Oklahoma. You know, do you think this works and this works? They're definitely talked about Trey Sermon. He definitely knows Trey Sermon. 
Oh, well, I, I think it comes down to Trent Bulky always thinks he's the smartest man in the room. Also that, too. So, Trying to tell Jimmy it, Ward how to play cover, to cover three. three. And he doesn't even know what Jimmy Will's role was. Um, I will, but, I mean, the thing is, right, if Bulky oh, thought man. that that was going to be a move that he could get up on the 49ers, like, oh, I'm going to get Trey Sermon. I'm going to turn him into a pro bowler. You guys can take this 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 guy well, over here, LaVisca Chanel. Yeah, I can't even do his voice. He's, 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 no, he's no receiver. He's no running back. Yeah, he's kind of got that Batman style of voice. A little, little bit. Definitely not bad. But I would 100% make that trade. I just don't think it's in the cards. <laughs> JLE, I hope it is. Yeah, I, I hope JLE's right. I hope it is. T.O. Sermon is the little engine that can't, right now anyway. Oh. He's the little engine that can't just just can't quite do it right now. I have so much belief <clears throat> in our in our Coaching staff, coach. absolutely. Uh, he's he's going to figure this out. He's going to get Sermon together. I think I'm happy about the like small little flashes, but the vision and overall running style, so far I don't see it yet. So I'm just hoping. I, I haven't. I didn't see it coming out of the draft. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the 49ers. If Mostert, Mitchell, and Wilson are in the backfield next year, Ant, that will help out Lance big time. Yeah. Or Rogers. Oh gosh. Okay, Alex. Um, it 100% will help. <laughs> yeah, because and those are explosive guys, or like Wilson, an attitude changer, right? He's physical. Um, that would be a nice group. They would have to bring back Mostert and Mitch or, and Wilson you know, financially. I don't know what those are going to cost. Um, because of the injury, Wilson Jr., they might be able to get cheap again. And Mostert sure. injury, cheap again. So there's a possibility those two could actually come back, which I believed when it was draft time that they were actually drafting their heir parents. Um, but just the way it played out, I don't think that's the case anymore. No, I, I don't think it is either. I think I think Mitchell still has the, the best opportunity now the question is would mitchell be the starter next year with raheem mostert coming off the bench as a changeup? i would say yes yeah because what where did mostert work his best in the 2019 season i don't know though he's so dynamic with the football in his hands i get it but you could still get him in i mean yeah. you can still you can still work him well, you want him in that, what and... 10 to 12 carries a game possible or touches not even carries but yeah. touches yeah i mean it's it's definitely opportunities are definitely there uh, 49ers have been like a soup recipe ant from frank here this is beautiful beautiful analogy nice ingredients to start just not enough heat 49ers have recently turned up the heat ant, and it is ingredients are flowing together and that smells like something good's cooking in the 49ers kitchen yeah, uh, i smell frank. what the 49ers are cooking yeah i smell what they're cooking also delicious yeah it is it's delectable almost delectable as that uh, gentleman in the hat over there it was weird <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it. It was positive. Are you going to allow it? I'll take it. It's positive, but <laughs> it was weird, man. Alex said it. A-Rod, I did. I, I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah. Rodgers is a loser today. We don't need him. Oh, boy. Brad? Brad you see he what spelled Brad, it loser. You see what Brad also said? What did he say? Roger, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. T.O. said, will Rodgers wear 19 in San Francisco? <laughs> um, big problem. Debo Samuel wears 19 in San Francisco. Accurate. Uh, but I, I do like what you were thinking there. That was a good one. It's a good one. It was glorious. Glorious. Who Most 12. Does anyone wear 12 for the... Oh, Brody was 12, right? Was it Brody? I think Brody wore 12. Or did Brody wear 14? Which 12. one was Tittle? Oh, man. Why am I blanking on this? I'm blank. Where's Gary when you need him? Gary. Help Coach Timo. Help. <laughs> Help. I need help around here. My my young brain can't go back that far. I'm, I think Brody wore 12 and... Tittle or uh, fourteen. I think that's what it is. Um, I think you're. I think you're right. I could be inverse. I think you're right. Okay. I hope you're right. I, I hope you are, because otherwise I'm gonna feel like an absolute clown right now, saying, saying that you're right. It is what it is. What a big win though for San Francisco, huge. man. I mean, talk about talk about this team not looking like a flash in the pan. Two big, huge wins, and uh, you know, all the podcasting platforms and all the podcasters out there in podcasting land, and going from well, not all of them. But a good chunk of them going from completely faithless. Kyle Shanahan needs to go. He got a contract extension off of one good year to, you know, oh, my God, this team's in complete control of their destiny. Um, it's This is the meme, right? And, and someone in the cutback crew, you need to make this meme. Make this meme and post it in the in the TCC memes or bad takes. Uh, it's the astronaut looking at the Earth, and it's the 49, 49ers in control of their own destiny. And be like, wow, so they were good. And then us standing behind them with the gun pointed at them. No, they were good all along. Brody was 12. Thank you, T.O. Huge. Feel validated right now. Very, very validated. Uh, the, for, the 49ers I don't have know why been... I was crossing that up. Ugh, I don't frustrating me. I don't know either. Yeah. The, the reality is this team is all, has, has been this team. This, this is the team that you and I both saw. Um, we've seen this on film. We've been saying this is what they, they are. This is who they can be. It just comes down to 
them finding it within themselves to execute, find a way to not shoot themselves in the foot. And the last few weeks, they've now not only done that, uh, they, they have completely seized control of, of their own destiny. They've completely seized control of, of the, you know, the team they're going to be in the outcome of football games. And absolutely, I agree with you there, James Vega. Another great team win today for the 49ers. Yeah, it was 100%. Top to bottom, great drives, great defense. Uh, Fred had flash plays today. Um, Fred Warner was flashing. You know, he, w- he was showing up. And I thought that, you know, also another quiet quiet game from the back end of the defense. Jaquiski Tart settled things down. So uh, it was nice to have him back. What'd you see? Tio Heard was 14. He was. So it was uh, Ray Wershing. Ray Wershing, yeah. Uh, Brad, is Sanu due back next week or does he have another week on IR? I think it's one more. Yeah, I think he does have one more. <clears throat> one more week on IR. But. It's, it's Has it only been out two weeks? It's been two. Okay. <clears throat> it's been two. It's sounding like, though, Dre Greenlaw is going to be good to go for next week. I love the Greenlaw thing, um, but that doesn't help our third receiver spot, Alex. <clears throat> Greenlaw for third receiver, Alex. <clears throat> uh, not so much. <clears throat> and Bosa finally got a holding call called on him, those dang arm, <laughs> those arm bar choke holds. Uh, he didn't actually get it until the lineman was completely turned around with his back to the line of scrimmage. You talked about it all last week. Megan was like, well, I didn't throw the flag earlier. I explained it to her. I was like, I talked about this with a pod. And she looked at me. She goes, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I was all, a hundred percent yes, because nothing changes from the time that his arm is in front of him like that to the time he turns. The only thing that's changed is that his body has turned in space. And so I guess for the NFL, that means that he's holding. Uh, for me, as soon as you get through and you got a guy turned sideways like that, even if he's not completely turned on the minute that lineman sideways and he has an arm preventing you, you are definitionally, by the word, what the word holding would be, you are definitionally holding someone from getting to their spot. It's not entirely accurate. It could be choking. Um, and so far, I haven't seen choking being an issue with the with the offensive lineman. Agreed. Uh, so maybe they're just you know ready to punch in the rear naked choke on Nick Bosa to prevent him from getting to the quarterback. Possibly that. And yeah. T.O. Trent Williams for Hey, the fact that he jumped to get the ball. Too. I, I had a panic attack, dude. I had hey, an absolute panic attack. And how attack. about the gangsta of the 49ers to pull him off the field after that play and run with two different tackles mm-hmm. and score a touchdown throw past Brandon Ayuk? It's true. Um, uh, that was a gangster move. But hey, I'm, I'm not joking. When they broke the huddle and I saw Trent on the right side, I, I literally said to Megan, I was like, what the frick? And I said the F word. I'm not going to say it here. What the frick is Trent Williams doing on the right side of the O-line? And then I saw him go out for a pass. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I just had, like, momentary, like, heart attack memes. So it was just like, oh, my gosh. And and thank God. Thank God Trey Williams is good. But uh, he seemed to be having a good time over there. He he really wanted that touchdown. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, that would have been interesting, but they were all over that play. They were. They were all ready over for it. it. They, were, they were ready for it. Uh, the trap That trap game wipes away sweat. The Chiefs uh, just run, ran Wildcat with Kelsey and ran right up the middle for a touchdown. So there he goes. There goes Trees. Rule update, he had to come off. Oh, he had to come off? What, after uh, after being eligible? Oh, uh, maybe that's what it is. So after okay. being an eligible receiver, he's got to come off the field. That's interesting. That's interesting. Stupid rule. I, I agree. It's, hey, competition committee, change that rule. That's nonsense. That and the armbar choke. Uh, choke hold on hold. Yeah. Just change both of those. Jaylee, what was A-Rod's number in college? 10, can you imagine? Was it 10? Was he 10 at Cal? I thought he was single digits. Eight. I thought he, yeah, I thought he was number eight. I think he was. I believe he was eight. I um, thought he was single digit number. I watched a lot of football. I would think I would know, but I believe it was eight. I think you're right. I remember it being single digits. A uh, trend play was just outstanding. I wasn't expecting that. Almost fell out of my chair. Apparently, the rule is if he elects to be an eligible receiver, he has to come off uh, off the play before and the play after. Interesting. So we'll need to watch back on film if he was out the play before that and then comes back in. That's interesting. Also, uh, that's nonsense because it makes it very apparent when an offensive lineman is going to be an eligible receiver that's going to go out in the pass. Yeah, I don't like that. That, that I mean, talk about competition committees. There's... How is that how is that fair competition? You've made it you you've now made it very easy for a defense to notice yeah. when there's a personnel grouping that could be a lineman sneaking out in space. Well, it means you can't use an offensive lineman that is like a starter, right? You need to use a backup. Correct. In that situation. So it should have been Jalen Moore. They should have had Tom Compton right tackle and Jalen Moore should have ran that play. True. Uh, would have been more believable. But Trent Williams had the athletic ability. I mean, I think if he would have thrown it a, a nice fadeaway, I think he would have jumped up and caught it over everyone. Hmm. So Jay, Jay Hill said that Kyle said when a tackle reported, because someone asked him why Trent came off. He said Kyle said when a tackle reported eligible, um, is reported eligible, he has to sit a play after that, apparently. What if he reported eligible two plays in a row? Interesting. 
I mean, you can't. I know you can run and tackle eligible for multiple plays. It's not like you have to keep going through tackles. It's true. You can only do it one time. It's true. Like that's a stupid rule. That's a uh, pretty. Uh, it's pretty nonsensical, and I uh, don't disagree with you there. Belichick probably came up with that rule to make it easier to be able to tell when a tackle is going out for a pass. It's true. That's a Belichickian rule. That sounds like a Belichickian yeah. rule. And then that's why you use Brable, who's a linebacker. He's like, man, wait, man, 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 man. Yeah. Uh, you see, uh, it doesn't it doesn't count because the the guy I, I had go out there he doesn't doesn't play offensive line. He's not technically tackle eligible. Ooh, He's uh, Brad Jones said. Speaking of chokeholds, <clears throat> now you guys watching Survivor Series? I forgot that was tonight. Yeah, I like that. I forgot that was tonight. I remembered. Darn. Son of a gun. Well, yeah. I know I know Ant's probably going to be getting a get getting a sneak peek at it. I'll try and uh, I'll try and tune in as well. Nice. I'm gonna try and tune in as well. I like that. Um, okay, let's see. And yes, definitely came off before the throw. So look at that. He was off the field apparently the throw that's interesting 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 but hey yeah weird, weird choice of personnel then you, know, you pull your best Ex- left tackle off extremely weird yeah extremely but, weird hey, choice whatever personnel. i guess whatever works now hey you know what though it would explain why why the 49ers ran the plays that they ran in that time during the red zone and why they came out of the huddle so quick there was probably some confusion in terms of personnel groupings of who they had out there remember they broke the huddle with like five ran seconds up on one and of got them it, and yeah. immediately ran. And then you had Juan Jennings at fullback on that same drive. And then the Trent Williams throw after that. Yeah. And, huh. Yeah. And then you had the Brian Ayuk touchdown in the, <clears throat> the end zone. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Rogers number in college was a ant two for two. Two for two on number predictions. At least I was right about. I'm not he shocked about eight. He, I believe he had, he really liked Steve Young. Oh, he's yeah. a 49er fan, right? Yeah. He's, but yes, stupid ace rule, 100%, agreed, Brad. 100%. Agreed. 1,000% agreed. Oh, uh, well, look, man. 49ers fans, faithful, cutback crew. Big, fat, huge win for the San Francisco 49ers. Again, doing big things. This team, on a roll, moving in the right direction, has found the identity. Like you talked about, Ant, found the blueprint, have executed now the blueprint two weeks in a row, and now they turn their attention to the Minnesota Vikings back home at Levi Stadium and trying to execute the blueprint again for a third straight week and completely seize control of their own destiny, Ant. Um, there is no I am your father situation or moments coming off. No hands getting cut off for the 49ers. Mike Shanahan is not walking through that door in San Francisco. This is Kyle Shanahan's team all the way. This team has started to find it and put it together, and I'm looking forward to seeing what this Week 12 has in store now for this team. Yeah, they've won three out of four games, and they're they're rolling in the right direction. The Arizona is the one blemish in those in those games. So it, um, they can turn it around, and... <clears throat> They are in complete control. You, when you're in the NFL and you have games left, you're always in control of your own destiny. And they are. Win, win more football games than you lose uh, down the stretch, which they're on a nice roll, and you have a good shot at the playoffs. And this is a, a playoff-winning formula. Run the football, win time of possession, win turnover battle, you know, and convert in the red zone, and then play timely defense. 49ers are doing it right now. The 49ers are playing like a very good football team in this league. If the power rankings come out and they're not in or around the top 10, I'll be really surprised. Um, and I bet you Vegas has the Niners, uh, you know, chances of going to the playoffs up even farther. It was 43% going to this week. True. I'll bet you it's getting even closer to 50%, if not over. It absolutely is. You know, the, the Carolina Panthers lost their football game. The uh, Saints lost as well. So the Saints are now spiraling back down to 500. Um, they are sitting now, the Panthers are sitting below 500, I believe. On top of the fact, Ant, that you also have a situation right now where you, I believe it's the Washington football team. The Washington football team is starting to come up a little bit. They got, they're sitting at four wins. I mean, it is the NFC is completely mucked top to bottom right now outside of your top, like four teams. And even them, some of them are starting to, to dwindle a little bit in space. And, and the, that gap that was getting really wide early in the season has really started to narrow down here as we've gotten to this middle point of the year. So it's going to be very interesting. And I saw Dyson here said Trent was double teamed in the end zone. That would have been a ni- nice if he could have had that, could have had that touchdown on that play. It definitely would have been, it would have been great. And Jay Hill, I do agree with you there, my guy. Um, bad rule. Definitely not the worst rule though on the books. There's a lot of uh, bad or why, at least. Why do we have to clarify that there's worse rules? Apparently. Um, yeah. Just all... fix all the bad ones. Fix so, them like, all. We recognize it. We realize that the stench isn't good. Let's fix it. Let's not just have that stench and fix other things because there's more important things to fix. This is st- um, those are people that can't balance their checkbook. Like, oh, I'll get to that, but this one's a little bit worse. Hate that take, thought process. Take care of this one first. Yeah, I hate Got- that process. I mean, it's okay to handle one thing at a time, but 
Uh, Shane, Arizona 49ers Empire, let's go. We are getting stronger at the right time, brothers. We've been saying this. This team has been getting healthy at the right time. They've only been a few plays away each and every weekend, and now they've figured out how to execute consistently, how to put it together. Uh, Debo and Brandon Ayuk did a joint press conference. Apparently, I'm going to definitely want to go watch that and see what they, the two of them had to say because you had Debo dominating in the in the rushing aspect today. You had Brandon dominating in the receiving aspect today. And, and I, I can tell you right now, What's going on with this 49ers team is it's becoming very, very hard now for teams. This is the thing we talked about before the year with this 49ers. Oh, there's too many weapons. Teams are being stretched too thin, and everyone's executing the way that they're supposed to. And when that happens, it becomes extremely hard to predict. If you want to bracket or take away someone, you're leaving two guys potentially with opportunities to beat you. And now those guys are winning more often than they're losing. Yeah, it's all about execution. And sometimes, especially when you have injuries and you have moving parts, I see uh, Frank talking about that today, about 25% of the roster. Um, is different from year to year. You get new people, and then you also you have these timely in, you know, in, injuries. You have to figure out how to gel and play together. Sure. And and when you hit that point and you get it together, you can you can make do some damage. This is the 49ers team that everyone was expecting to see from week one. Who cares that it started that it's happened now? Now we're at 500. We're right in the middle of things. It's zero zero. Um, and now they just got to go out and handle the the last you know seven games of the season. And if they if they have a really good mark in these last seven games, they're going to make the playoffs. Absolutely. And once they get into the playoffs, they're going to do damage because I like their playing style. So I'm excited about the prospects. There's no one in this NFC that absolutely scares me that I don't think the 49ers could defeat. Is there tougher matchups and tougher games? Of course there are. Absolutely. Is there elite quarterbacks up there? Of course there are. Um, but I think that it's promising the way that they're going out there and handling business. And this is the recipe for success. And once you have the recipe, you just keep doing it. Uh, don't change up the formula once you get it going. Get it going and just stick with it and, and make other teams try to change to counteract what you're already doing. Make teams redefine who they are. Make them try and play tougher than you. Make them try and out-execute you. Right now, the 49ers are doing everything they need to to have success. And we're all for it here on the 49ers Cutback. Great reaction show. Monday, your way, we got face-off with Jay Hill and myself, Mr. Official over there in the beautiful hat. Going to be breaking it down for you and really get diving into this football game with some spicy topics, as well as our game recap show, which you don't want to miss. And, of course, Ant, big yikes for everyone over on Patreon. We're going to have a lot of good fun this week, a lot of great things to talk about. This is an exciting week for the 49ers. 5-5, five and five, Week 12 is just now getting started. I'm looking forward to all of the analysis, all the conversations we're going to have with all of you this week, Cutback Crew. So make sure you're subscribed if you're new. If you're just finding us, you're just finding this, pre, this reaction show, we have content that comes out daily on this channel at 11 a.m. All throughout the week, different shows, whether it's Quest for the West, our daily news updates, Face Off on Mondays, on Patreon, Big Yikes, 49ers Cutback and Time tons of great content and tons of great things to to break into and yes jaylee tons more madam on the way you got a big chunk of it early this week and there's more games coming there's more games that are finishing playing tonight and so week two should be in the books officially tonight and videos should start coming out hopefully monday or tuesday so tons of great content uh all over youtube channel members here on youtube <laughs> patreon all all over the place Theo wants a four years cutback calendar with me in different hats Ooh, that's actually that's yeah. actually a really good idea. Yeah, Alex can take a take pictures. I, I'll of take me. the pictures. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I can. I mean, we can let you could paint me like one of your French girls. Fill mm. mm. fill there's someone else who'd want to to do that painting for you. And I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I I, I know I said you were smexy earlier with the hat. Yeah. On, um, but that was just just my jealousy brewing. Okay. That's just what that was. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, come back, crew. We hope you enjoyed the, the reaction show. We got a lot of great things going on. Coach Timo now agrees also. Yeah. So we're going to have to get to work on just the hats. Ant, hat, just a nice face, right? No face, just, just hat. Just face. No, no he just Ant wants he wants like November and just the hat. Just the there. hat, okay. Eliminate me. I like that. Uh, I'm actually more down for that than I ever was before, T.O., so thank you for that. Sounds like a plan, T.O. We'll get yeah. to work on that. Come back, crew. We love y'all. Thank <laughs> you for the support. And until the next one, stay safe. Remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.